Hey everybody, this is Joe. It's officially the first day of summer and I'm grateful that it's here. I can tell you that here in the Pacific Northwest, it has been a grind out here. It has been cold and wet and the high one day last week was 62 degrees Fahrenheit. Now that may not mean much to some of you, but this is a month when we expect it's usually going to be around 80 those of us folks here in the Pacific Northwest are a bit starved for vitamin D, so we're grateful that summer is here, warm weather is here, and uh, getting outside and actually in, enjoying the opportunity to be in the sun. Get out on the river. If you're familiar with the Portland area, we are surrounded by rivers. Anyway, having said that, welcome to the Amped interview. This is a, a particularly fun interview from my perspective, and I'll explain Shortly before Stu G's The Beatitudes Project was released, we received a promotional copy to uh, evaluate and perhaps review that. I listened to it, and I was immediately taken with it. However, sometimes we're a bit inundated here with music and press releases and, and books and things that um, publicists want us to take a look at, and even some great stuff slips by. And that was almost the case here with The Beatitudes Project. However, I happened to be on the phone with a friend and someone who happens to be a regular listener of the podcast, Pam Etienne, and we got to talking about music and what we're listening to and what we're appreciating, and she said, have you heard Stu G's The Beatitudes Project? And I said, yes, it's great. And we talked some more about it, and turns out that Pam is a pretty big fan of Stu G. And I said, why don't I try to get a hold of his publicist and see if we can bring him on the podcast because I love this I love this project too. So we got off the phone. A couple emails later, we had an interview lined up and lo and behold, we have this wonderful conversation with Stu G. We love the heart behind this project. We wish there were more projects like this out there. And I know that I'm encouraging folks to buy this at the end of this interview to, to go out and check out the Beatitudes Project. And I know I do that a lot. But... This is such a timely project, and the heart behind it is so much, from my perspective, what God's heart is for us. Seriously consider going out and downloading the project, the book, the documentary, and the album. It is excellent. And finally, thank you again to Pam for the encouragement and for doing some research for us as you drew those questions together in a season for me, which is quite busy. So... Thanks again, Pam. Folks, enjoy the interview, and we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks with another episode. Frequency.fm presents The Amped Interview. You've just recently released the, the Beatitudes Project, and definitely jumped to mind as I as I read about uh, in some of the promotional materials that I received. But there was a quote, and I, and I hope you don't mind if I start out with this quote because it feels like this might be the genesis of the project um, that was included. I'm going to read the whole thing. Uh, you'll forgive me; it's just a paragraph. Yeah. Prostitutes and their kids, beggars, transvestites, and the folks giving their lives to serve these people in dire poverty—they all fused together within my mind, a crazed symphony of suffering and hope. So many of my fears, my prejudices, my stupid, uh, stupidly simple answers, my Western privilege, and my easy, simple religion died there that day. Love, 
I love that quote, and it's it's mm. pro, it's provocative, um, but it, and it feels a bit like a gut punch. But maybe one that we in the Western Christian culture need to have is is that the genesis of this project? Yeah, it, it's definitely the, um, the the genesis was definitely when I realized that I was kind of looking at the Beatitudes the wrong way. I, I was thinking that. Um, they were announcements of, of, of things to attain, like virtues to attain to achieve a blessing. But if that's the case, then I'll never get there because I'm not holy or spiritual enough, you know. So um, I, I kind of realized that actually what they are is announcements of presence, like the blessing is presence. When we want certainty and answers to all our failure and all our poverty, um, the announcement is you're blessed, I'm on your side. And so, it, uh, you know, the moments that we are at the bottom of life, that's where God is, you know. And uh, I, I kind of discovered that in India when I was, um, where that quote came from in the book, um, I was in the slums of Mumbai. And, um, you know, amongst these people that have an impossible life. Yeah. And... Um, you know, my uh, kind of, I don't know how to say this really, but my uh, answers to, you know, uh, to anything didn't match up with what I was seeing. And I was kind of, it was so plain to me that God was with them. And um, and I realized then that maybe, maybe they are poor, but maybe I'm poor as well. Yeah. In, in our own specific yeah. way, you know, re- yes. responding to another culture with a bumper sticker um, seldom resonates. Uh, and that's when you wrote, right. when you say my stupidly simple answers in Western privilege, that's yeah. kind of where I go. We try to um, apply our own um, expectations on to another culture. It, um, yeah. It falls short. And um, yes. Uh, and so you, what, what I hear you saying is you, uh, even in the midst of, this struggle and poverty, God is incredibly present there. Yes. Uh, and it's not that we have to bring our Western culture there to save them. That's right. Or, or even, you know, like just looking at it at yourself, yeah. you know, we, we, we come at life with such an achievement kind of perspective. Yeah. You know, we have to claw our way to the top. We have to be successful, you know, and we're, we're kind of cursed with comparison and uh, mm. and I think that um, you know uh, the, the the beatitudes announce that God is with us when things aren't working out, when things aren't successful. It's completely upside down. You know, we think that it's the strong that kind of and the strong and successful and powerful that get the earth. You know, and Jesus announces that no, it's it's those whose presence is ignored. It's those who have the power of choice taken away from them. It's the bullied and the marginalized, you know, yeah. the people that we see as the other. And so I think that's that's the key here is like the invitation in the Beatitudes is to open our eyes and see uh, the folks that are around us, um, maybe those whose presence we've ignored in the past, and to find a way of like living in community with, with everyone. Um at the same time as those spaces that are inside us that 
that where where we experience poverty or crushed spirit, you know, where we um, have things that we need to grieve and we haven't yet, yeah. where where we um, are hungry and thirsty, when when we ache for mm. justice and wholeness, and we feel powerless to do anything about it, you know. So for myself, in those areas, like the the announcement is, I am with you. I am on your side. Um, and so it's a it's an internal work as well as an external work, and you know grace and mercy come first. It's like God announces, "I'm with you. I'm on your side." When you can't do anything about your circumstances, you know it's it's hard to discount the timeliness of the release of this work, and I don't right. know if that's providential, intentional, or a, a little bit of both. Uh, but it feels like as we become increasingly divisive. Um, that this is a message that's important. Um, yeah, I, I think that it definitely offers a different way of looking at the world other than one that, that kind of just wants to take sides all the time or polarizes or divides, you know. Um, I feel like um, the message of showing kindness and mercy, becoming peacemakers, you know, and um, uh, that does offer a different route than uh, the the divisiveness we find in the world right now. And I think it's great to offer people that option. Um, we, we talk, at least in my church, we talk a lot about the need for our hearts to change from yeah. from that, in, that internal uh, inclusive approach uh, and to think about how do we open our hearts up to, to those people the others, as you put it, uh, that, yes. that we tend to marginalize. We can't relate to them. Their culture is so much different than ours, and we want to homogenize them in some ways. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, the, the, I, um, in, in, in the course of the project and in the course of collecting stories, um, in Franklin here in Tennessee, I, I moved with my family here seven years ago when Delirious finished. And, um, you know, I, I, when I was starting to really gather the book together, um, I knew that it just wasn't about my story, but I also realized that in terms of uh, talking about the meek, in terms of communities um, and minorities, I didn't have any friends in those communities really mm. here. You know, I mean, I had, I'd only been here a few years, but um, it just showed that I hadn't really kind of opened my eyes and reached out, you know, and, um, and so that's when I kind of reached out to the Islamic Center of Nashville. Um, that's when I reached out to my friends in uh, the Hard Bargain neighborhood and the First Missionary Baptist Church, the African-American church nearby. And um, I've, I've made a friend who is um, a Native American. And, you know, I mean, the, the list is endless. But yeah. um, um, And I could only write and gather stories for a certain amount of people. But I even think about, you know, the elderly, like and maybe those that we see as disabled, you know, um, and um, uh, and mentally challenged. And, and, you know, I mean, it just goes on and on. Um, the people that we can see as the other. Um, and I really believe that that's a major part of the invitation in the Beatitudes is to open our eyes to them and, and to somehow live in community with our neighbor, you know, it's about loving our neighbor. And, you know, the, the question was, who is my neighbor? And we get the story back from Jesus about the good Samaritan and, uh, how the guy that actually acted in a neighborly fashion, um, 
could have been seen as as an enemy. Yeah, and often often was seen as an enemy without yes. um, without that first person experience, without um, some intentionality. It it stays siloed or divided. Yes. Uh, so I, I I want to affirm you for reaching out to folks when you recognize that you yourself you. had kind of grown uh, insular. Uh, and, yes. And especially when you move to a new community, it's. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't say that you're a refugee, by, but you're an immigrant. Uh, That's a, right, yeah. Right? Um, yes, absolutely. So when you come over, I suspect, even though you're, uh, and you can tell me whether it's true or not, but you are you moved to Franklin, even though you've been active in, you know, for, for decades in the music community, you were new. And there's maybe a protective yeah. feeling that you have when you arrive where there's an uncertainty. Is that true? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's um you you go into self-preservation mode in some ways and yeah. so that's kind of alienating in itself you know it's kind of um um in, in in the course of just you know trying to find your way and trying to survive and trying to you know live your life and um you end up putting those walls up of um of looking after yourself and um you know that it, it kind of the, the the Jesus message and the way of the Beatitudes is not about that. It's a it, it's about tearing those walls down, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and um, and engaging engaging your neighbor. You know, I as I, I listened uh, as I listened to the album, uh, and I haven't read the book, so I want to acknowledge I haven't got to yeah. the book yet. But um, especially as I reflect on the lyrics, there's a a directness there's a quality of the lyrics it's very direct with with many of these songs and i don't know if you would agree with that uh is that was that an intentional approach or is that just the nature of the topic that drew that out um the 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 approach that uh that i wanted to take with everyone was that there are no uh there are no restraints in terms of like how i want this song to be um you know i'm I said, you know, we need to write the song that we're inspired to write, you know, and and I think the one requirement really was that it, it came from a vulnerable place because mm. that's what the uh, the Beatitudes are. And so, um, uh, so writing with Michael W. Um, the song for Blessed of Those Who Mourn, which really comes out of the story of him uh, losing his father. Mm. Um, and so it's very personal, you know, and... Um, and then um, writing with Terry and Bass, um, who grew up in North Memphis, uh, one of the poorest communities in the States, um, surrounded by drug violence and gang violence and domestic abuse, etc. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so tapping into her story and her voice, you know, I couldn't sing that song. I, I, I grew up um, a white English man, you know, very privileged and, yeah. uh, um, and, uh, so I, I definitely wanted to um, engage with other people's stories, and you know, and so in, even in writing the songs, I wanted them to be honest and uh, and vulnerable, um, without being sort of cheesy or preachy in some ways. I, yeah. I I hope that that came across because the whole thing is an invitation. It's not a you must do this and you must do that. You know, and um, considering. The- We've talked about divisiveness already, but um, when you try to hit somebody over the head on either side of a discussion, 
people get defensive. Yes. If you're too aggressive, they, they, they get defensive and they're not open to it. But an invitation to walk alongside somebody, which is what I feel like you're doing here, you're giving people the opportunity to be, to, to accept that in their own time. Yes, exactly. Um, so selfishly, I'm going to ask you about one of the songs that came to mind specifically when I thought of that kind of direct piece of it. And that's uh, In the Middle. That seems yes. a, it's a very provocative song lyrically. Um, I'd love to learn uh, in the, the few minutes that we have left uh, about the genesis of that song. And um, and if you feel comfortable doing so, was it directed toward any specific person or entity? In the Middle is, um, is, is really a peacemaker song. And it started life when in the very first session that we did um, for, um, uh, for, for the project. And... Um, uh, the drummer that I was that, that was playing is a, is a songwriter. His name's Steve Hindlong, mm-hmm. and um, drummer of the choir. And uh, we were sitting on the porch of the studio, and he was just kind of like thinking about the Beatitudes, and he was thinking about uh, the peacemakers. And he said, "You know, sometimes I get so mad, I just want to throw a stone." And he was like, just kind of thinking about this sort of lyric. And uh, sometimes I feel so mad, I want to hide away alone. And um, um, and so, months and months later, those that lyric never left me, and it reminded me of you know the, the thing about stone throwing. It just took me straight to my friends in Israel and Palestine in the midst of the conflict there, where you know a lot of um, times they're stone throwing and you know responds responding with rubber bullets and stuff, and um, you know, and so. It, it just so that's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm singing about is like this idea of um, can you meet me in the middle rather than like we just choose to take sides all the time. And, uh, you know, the idea of in the middle is where the bullets fly and the rockets land uh, yeah. when we walk from behind our walls of safety and into the conflict zone. It's, um, um, you know, someone said to me that peacemaking is not peace talking or peacekeeping. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of um, it's actually facing the conflict. It's not it's not lack of conflict. It's but it's walking into the conflict and facing it, and um, and doing our best to create a different future. Um, you know, other than the one of violence. And so, um, um, you know, anyone that's that's kind of dived into the Palestinian-Israeli conflict um, will say, "Well, that just feels so impossible," and it and it does. But um, you know, the uh, the greatest peacemaker of them all said, "Blessed are the peacemakers." Yes. No. So, um, uh, so that's where that came from, and that and that's what I'm thinking about um, uh, is the uh, is my friends in the Middle East. Even in the title itself, there's a clue, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> maybe I should have. I should, right. I should look a little closer as opposed to trying to project my own thoughts onto it. Which is again no. one of our one of the issues that we have. One of the joys of art is in finding our own interpretation. Blessed are we who <laughs> would choose yeah. to find what the unconditional positive regard toward our neighbor. Which is not in the Bible, by the way. Don't look that up, people. Um, well, we're we're short on time. I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to meet with us. Yeah, and uh, you know, just to say to the folks that um, uh, any info can be found on the 
beatitudesproject.com. Absolutely. So the, it's already out there, but I'll be sharing links with folks. Sorry for jumping on you there, but yeah. I want to make sure. First of all, folks, this is an excellent project, and I, I don't say that lightly. This is thoughtful, it's unique, it's diverse, and uh, every song you know, I know we're in that download one song kind of or download our favorites. You won't have that option here. You're just going to need to get the whole thing, get the whole project, share it with friends. There's a lot to, to be gleaned from what Stu and company have done here. Thank you, Joe. Frequency.fm is a podcast featuring Christian artists, authors, creatives, and experts. For more music reviews, book reviews, and articles, please visit us at Frequency.fm.